G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of Tuesday Night Live brought to you by Crowcast of course. Lots to talk about. We're into the preliminary finals of the AFL final series for this year. There's been a few signings and a bit of action around Crows land and a bit of interest in general draft and trading news as well. So without any further ado, why don't we just get stuck straight into it, shall we? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Tuesday Night Live. Apologies for last week. I was a little bit uh, under the weather, but uh, back on deck tonight and uh, plenty to talk about as a result. Thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord and YouTube and maybe even Twitch as well. And a special welcome to my cohort, Peter. How are you going, Pete? Pete, how are you this evening? I'm, I'm feeling very well. That's <clears> good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, it got through Father's Day unscathed. I don't know if I would say exactly unscathed. Uh, I think there might have been uh, some fairly, fairly uh, ordinary uh, behaviour towards late Sunday night and uh, very, very slow on Monday. But we got there in the end. Yeah. I think probably just a still a little, just a little bit throaty as well from uh, the goings on on Sunday. So it was, yeah. a, it was a bit of a big day in the end. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Very good. How very about good. You? Uh, yeah, fairly quiet. My uh, my son bought himself a multi-million dollar bloody racing sim and uh, we had uh, Father's Day at his place on Friday night and uh, yeah, it's, uh, needless to say, uh, I'm not a racing car driver <laughs> and thank God, for the, thank God for the fact that it was only a simulator. Uh, never mind. All right. Uh, thanks, as I said, to everyone who's joined us on Discord. Don't forget Tuesday Night Live is interactive as always we've got a uh, nice studio audience in there peter 17 odd people i'm sure there's a few people that would like to have something to say so don't be shy if you want to crack in uh, stick your hand up and we'll get you on also thanks to everyone who's joined us on youtube of course um don't forget those who use uh, youtube to, to tune in tell your mates we only get those subs up if we can so we can offer a few more features through the youtube channel as well now peter uh just a quick uh, recap of uh, last weekend's games. What do you think? Yeah, I saw both games, and um, I guess like everybody, I was uh, you know thrilled watching the um, the Saturday night semi final. It was a you know cracking game of football, and um, yeah, I thought that uh, the, the Bulldogs did pretty well to get over the line. And um, the uh, the Friday night game was uh, a little bit disappointing, but um, I think uh, you know GWS had run their race. Yeah. Great. So anyway, it, it'll be interesting to see how that how they now um, match up in the in the prelim finals. I just can't help feeling. I mean, there's not you know there's not always going to be a lot of sympathy coming out of Adelaide for the Western Bulldogs, is there? But I I can't help but feeling a bit sympathetic that you know they've played the home final in Launceston, then they've had to go to Brisbane, then yep. they have to go to Perth, and then they have to come back to Adelaide. It's just a you know. I, I, I can't, you know, I cannot believe the degree which, uh, you know, Port have been kissed, you know, where this year. It's quite phenomenal. Yeah. Um, 
And I tell you what, if they if they don't win a flag from here, Fane, it would be it would be one of the almightiest chokes in history. What's on my face, Razor? Someone's giving me shit about something on my face. I did just have a nice burger with. Uh, oh, they just want me to shave. I bugger off. <laughs> um, yeah, look, you're my right. Comment, my comments must be really insightful if they're worried about you. Yeah, shaving, it's become a bit of a topic. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, um, look, you're right, Port. Uh, have absolutely no excuses this year, no excuses whatsoever. Um, but my gut feel is, Peter, that Western Bulldogs are going to get over the line this weekend. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know what? I, I was barracking for the Dogs over Brisbane for no other reason than I thought of the two teams. I thought they are the only one that could possibly pull that off. Yeah, I don't think Brisbane would have... Uh, I think Brisbane are pretty much... Spent their tickets and uh, a few um, key outs as well in that team. But uh, Bulldogs, notwithstanding the fact that uh, uh, Pelly is a bit sore and uh, we wait to hear on Waitman, I don't think that's been sorted out yet, has it, Cody Waitman? Yeah, he's been withdrawn. Oh, he's been withdrawn, yeah, has that, it? Yeah, that was officially from the Bulldogs as well. So he's right. gone, Waitman's out. And, that'll, um, that'll hurt them a bit because he's a live wire up there. Oh, yeah, it, it brings great energy and... You know, and, and he kicks goals. He's been a good yeah. player. So, yeah. And this is the thing with Port. You know, I mean, we see it. We seem to see it every week. There seems to be a star. Whoever they're playing, star player out every week. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's quite phenomenal. The big, the big thing for the for the bullies is that they're going to have to work out a way to contain the uh, tall timber up forward. I think. I, yeah. I think they've. I think they've got uh, the midfield covered, um, and I think they've got enough weapons up forward to kick a score. But uh, are they going to be able to cover the tall timber? Dixon, Marshall, um, Georgiatis, assuming he plays. Um, there's a bit down there to, to combat overhead. There is, but I, I kind of, <clears throat> I just really feel with Port that they stack that forward line with tall with tools, and that really does seem to be the decoy. And they really mm. do seem to get the, the damage that's done is done at ground level. To me, and I think that um, that's actually if, if if the boys are going to have a, a chance, then you know I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of ball that that the, what what those tools do in, uh, for Port is they they you know very very good at bringing the ball to ground level. But you yeah. see, a lot of the goal kickers are there; they're smaller and medium sized players. Yeah, you that's know, true. Rosie, Fantasia, Gray, these guys are the guys that kick three, you know, bag. You don't often see Charlie kick three, four, or five, or Marshall kick three, four, or five. Mm. It's always those small, medium players. So I think the big guys are a bit of a decoy. And I think that while the attention is on them, I think those other guys feast. I reckon there's quite a bit of ground ball that goes on in that port forward line. And a player who may have more influence than anybody else for the Western Bulldogs may well be Caleb Daniel. Yes. The way that he, um, he mops up um, back there at ground level and the way that he sets the Bulldogs up back there, he may be a player that actually benefits from that and um, he could be a key player in the end, even yeah. though, you know, diminutive stature. Yeah, I, I was mentioning to Mac and Nicky on Sunday that I don't understand why teams don't put more work into Daniel because he really is the quarterback for them, uh, cross halfback, um, cleans up everything. With nobody yeah. on him. Didn't no. You know? I was watching it with the son and we were just, like, we were just looking and seeing... You know, um, just floating around the contest, floating around the stoppage. There was no one within a bull's roar of him. Yeah, 
Uh, JNM asking why Peter's speaking in, uh, in like he was in a library. I would imagine JNM that's because he's a very learned gentleman. Uh, <laughs> um, and look, I'll, I'll probably get a, a little bit of voices um, sort of left me after my exploits down at the Clarence Mail on Sunday. <laughs> I have to say, supposed to be a cultured event down there. Um, <laughs> the other interesting one will be how Port use Lear because uh, it's a little bit of a different setup for uh, the the Bulldogs. And they don't come in, you know, with that high ball very often. They usually run it right up to the 50 and it's a lot of, uh, you know, a bit of Richmond about them, the way they get the ball forward. And that might not play into Aaliyah's hands. And I wonder whether they might actually stick Aaliyah a little bit deeper um, to be third man up against Norton, uh, etc. A little bit deeper. Because if he hangs around around the 50, I reckon the ball's just going to keep getting kicked over his head. Yeah. No, I think that's a that's a that's a quite a fair point, and um, yeah, they're, they're really. I mean, in terms of what there you know there is for the Bulldogs up forward, um, you're right. There's really only Norton. Shaki is really just a bit of a traffic cone, isn't he? Up there? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, um, I mean, the only thing that I could you know whether they get someone like a Shaki to try and run a Lear out out the play, but I think Port would be too smart for that, and um, I think a Lear would be too smart a player for that. I think they're probably happy for. Chucky to have a bit of time by himself anyway. <laughs> so, did, so um, you just call Ken Hinckley smart? <laughs> that goes against the mantra well, of the Crowcast, mate. Come on. No, I think I, what I meant to say is Alir himself would probably be too smart for that. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, look, you know, I mean, we can. I think you know we can reach for some reasons why the the, the doggies might win, but I, I just think it's such a massive advantage to have been sleeping in your own bed for two weeks. In, yeah. while, while the Bulldogs have just been... As opposed to being on a train, oh, on a plane. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they've just been all over the place. It's just horrendous. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jamara, I don't know why they don't play Jamara. Why don't they play Jamara? I'm not sure. I'm not sure why that is because, you know, he's a young laddie in and out of the games, but I tell you what, there's some flashes of real brilliance and it's not as if they're... Uh, they're uh, you know, sport for choice up forward. So I'm not sure why that is. Maybe they bring him in. Who knows? Anyway. Uh, and the other one, Pete, uh, Melbourne, Geelong, any chance, Geelong? I think they're always a chance just because of the, you know, the talent they've got at their disposal. And they're a curious team, aren't they? Because they yep. have a really poor record in qualifying finals. I don't know why that is. It's, it's really quite strange. And then they seem to then be able to um, get themselves back around. Um but uh, I don't know. Melbourne have been in in, uh, in super hot form, um, but you know it was only what two or three weeks ago that Geelong had them dead to rights in the last yeah. quarter of that game yeah. down at Cadinia Park. So really, so I, 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 you know, for me, this is a much harder one to pick than the than the Port game. It is. Um, um, I, I think Geelong did the right thing and uh, well did the wrong thing in the quality by not playing Radigalier. Um I think it yeah. exposed them too much to that rebound and. Uh, yeah. When they played uh, Radigalier last week, it it, uh, it looked a far better structure, and as a consequence, you know Hawkins got a bit loose, uh, Cameron got a bit loose, you know their their spearheads all got involved, and I think the inclusion of Radigalier against Melbourne is going to, uh, I, I would imagine the the aim would be to make Lever accountable. Um, yep. And once you make Lever accountable one on one, we know that he's not the greatest one-on-one player. 
um, and then mm. it also knock, knock on pressure to uh, Stephen May. So um, I, I think the battle is going to be lost for Geelong in the midfield. I, I just don't think any that they have got the legs anymore and the grunt to go with Petrarca and Oliver. Um, assuming that those two play to their potential, um, Geelong's midfield looked decidedly um, one-paced, in my opinion, mm. and they got a mm. lot of ball from Zach Tui off half-back last week. Uh, yeah, and I don't... Th- yeah, uh, 31 on touches, I think, Tui had. Uh, I don't think they're going to get the same service from Tui this week. So let me put this question to you. If, if, if we assume that Port and Melbourne go through yeah and i think i mean and and i think there's a story there just in terms of the you know the, the bye week before the finals it's amazing yes. how when they've re- removed that we're back to one and two probably getting through which is how it always used to be that that week by that's some that, you can't ignore the statistic that that has made a that makes a massive difference in Huge. terms of teams getting from the lower part of the app but anyway so let's just assume that those two teams get through let me put this to you yep who who out of the two teams gets more of an advantage of the way that the prelims are structured? Does Melbourne, the fact that they're there in Perth, that they get a game on the ground, that they then, you know, that they've, that they've been there, they've been training there, um, or Port, you know, getting over there and just having, you know, just having the one game there? Who, who do you think gets more of the advantage in the end? I mean, logic... Probably tells you uh, Melbourne in terms of acclimatisation and playing game on the ground this week and all that sort of stuff. But to be honest with you, Peter, I don't think there's a huge advantage. Um, I think the biggest advantage for Melbourne is the fact that Optus Stadium is a very similar configuration to the MCG. Yep. Uh, and the MCG, they play you know a gazillion times a, a year under normal circumstances. Um, whereas Port play their home games, you know, on a much skinnier ground. I think the fact that Optus Stadium is very similar to the MCG means that Melbourne don't have to mess around with their structures too much, whereas Port yeah. have to adapt. I think so. I'd probably say not so much with the travel, but just in terms of the where the where the game is being played. I think Melbourne uh, get a little advantage there. Yeah. No, fair um, call. Yeah, but you know, uh, on the other hand, you know, the, uh, you'd, you'd imagine there'd be some uh, fanfare and hoopla over there in Grand Final week, um, but it's certainly not the same for Melbourne as a uh, as a week in their hometown leading up to Grand Final. It'd be slightly disappointing for those players, I'd imagine, not being able to play a Grand Final mm. in front of their home crowd. Uh, where do you reckon the support is going to be? Over in Perth, it's a good. It's a good question. Not a lot of corporates going because, of, well, by comparison, because of the location and COVID and all the rest of it. So a lot of, you know, standard footy you'd supporters. Have, you'd have to think that it purely from the, on the fact that with the border situation, that it would probably be port, wouldn't it? Because think, at least you I can think. Get, you can get over there. Yeah, I, I think port. Melbourne people can't. Get, they can't get there. Yeah, and I, and I wouldn't have thought there'd be too many expats from Melbourne living in in Perth. So, and not too many Melbourne supporters living in Perth. I wouldn't have thought. So, um, yeah, that's that, I think that too. I think that the Port are going to have a slight advantage in terms of crowd support, um, 
you know how much difference whether it makes a difference who knows but it's an interesting scenario this grand final um and uh and notwithstanding i'd rather see western bulldogs in there instead of port i think you know the 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 good money's on port adelaide of course um and it's about the first time i've ever barracked for melbourne i think (laughs) that's right and you know and this also plays into the narrative of you know, of this just being really a, like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for, for Port Adelaide. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they should they should be playing Melbourne, you know, in front of 110,000 people, the MCG, all yeah. screaming for Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but they're going to get a neutral ground. They're going to get a prelim final against an opponent that has just had a ridiculous travel schedule that yeah. would never have otherwise happened. You know, um They've got a state premier who barracks for them and who, you know, will happily pumped up the crowd number. <laughs> yeah, quite happily. You will probably we'll probably see you know thirty thousand by the time the week's out. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, they'll still lose. I've I've got this <laughs> feeling. I've got this feeling, Peter, that they'll still lose on Saturday night. Look, if you on do, Saturday if they night. do. I'll, oh goodness me, there'll be some excitement <laughs> in this house. Let me tell you. Oh, the Sunday rap show will just consist of laughter for an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, all right, Uh, moving on to Crows news. And, uh, of course, we had the uh, divisive signing of uh, Matty Crouch. I'll tell you what I think, and you can tell me what you think. I reckon we ended up being caught a little bit between the devil and the deep blue sea, Pete. We uh, low-balled him. My understanding is it's 450 by 2. Um, and uh, Matty obviously would have gone to the market on that one and uh, as a consequence of not getting much uh, response from the uh, from the rest of the AFL community, decided 450 by 2 was pretty good and he took it. Mm. Still not bad money to play football, is it? No, especially when you hardly play. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I you know, uh, in the end, um, as I said, through the week, Fane, you know, in the in the very very um, narrow context, very narrow context of us calling the shots on that, um, I'm not completely unhappy with that, and also the fact that you know we do, as we talked about, that sort of 25, 26 year old age bracket is a real issue for us. Um, yeah. So you know, um, it was one of those ones, wasn't it? That I mean, I I saw it, I thought, eh, you know. It is what it is, and I didn't, I didn't feel violently sort of upset about it. But then, if he'd gone, I, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have shed a tear. Do you know, do you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. It's just one of those. Um, I think. Look, if you look at it positively, we have to sort of get back to thinking that, you know, if he's fit and if he's motivated and um, and he's, he's there to play his best football, then um, you know he's you know he's an he's an he's an excellent player and 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 could bring some value to, you know, an emerging midfield. Now, I know there's always the argument, of course, that. Um, he's going to take midfield time, then that you know needs to go to somebody else. But they've still got to have some experience in there in the guts. And I think that really what what, what to me this signals is that we've got to get Rory Sloan out of the guts. Um, he's got to you know someone's got to tap him on the shoulder and say, look, you know we need some some time in there for emerging players. Mm. Uh, is bit that of a happen? bit of a discussion. On Sunday uh, with Macca um, regarding this, 
considering uh, I know we had a very young set of emerging midfielders this season and the match committee yep. and, and the, the coaching staff could probably make a reasonable argument for running Keyes, Laird, Sloan for the majority of the CBAs uh, with a little bit of Harry later on in the season. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether the same justification can be made uh, next year. Uh, I think Harry needs to be a permanent starter in that midfield and I think we yep. need to start yep. running Sam through there and uh, yep. we've also got a, a pick 10, Lukey Peddler, who probably needs a run through there rather than off the graveyard half-forward line. Mm-hmm. My, my, my fear with, with Crouch is that if he's fit, they'll play him. And yep. if Sloney's fit, they'll play him. And you tried, you tried telling Rory that he can't play midfield. And uh, we've also got an All-Australian squad uh, member in Rory Laird. So if he's fit, they'll play him. Yep. And uh, we've got a runner-up in the best and fairest, Benny Keys. Him. Mm. All of a sudden, there's a sameness about that midfield again, Peter. Yeah, look, I agree. And I think that, you, you know, uh, we can only um, talk about that Matt Crouch signing in a positive light with with conditions attached, can't we? Mm. We can't just mm. oh, it's going to be great that Crouch is back. It's got to be... That there's got to be some, you know, there's got to be development through that midfield, and the worry, um, as you say, is it? Um, I reckon it was one of the was it Alistair Clarkson that said this is that the problem with having experienced players. Is yeah, yeah, you have to pick them. I read that today. Um, so that is, you know, look, that's an issue, and there'll be nobody, you know, crappier than me than you know that if that's the way that it goes next year. So, um, but with that said. Um, you know, as you say, it was one of those. I think one of those things where we we threw out the absolute minimum chips we thought he was worth, and you know, for all we know, being you know, again, I'm trying to put a positive spin on it. Maybe he thinks, you know, my reputation is being really tarnished by this. Um, I, you know, I've got to get myself back into the frame for a really good contract to see off my career. I need to put in two really big years here, and yeah. you know, we might get some benefit out of him. Um. Because his value, he, I mean, he would be, you know, he's a professional. He would be well aware, looking at himself in the mirror, that his, you know, his standing, his reputation as an all-Australian club champion midfielder yeah. is rock, rock bottom. Yeah. Um, I, I think we moved heaven and earth to get him on the on the deck at the back end of the season for the very reason that we needed to show other clubs that he was capable of running out a game, and I think mm. the fact that he basically couldn't uh, was one of the main reasons why they all backed off. So yep. you've got a situation where we've we've lowballed him. He's uh, stayed on. Uh, we now would be looking to maximise his value, A, a for the team or B, next time round as a trade. Yep. Uh, and you can't do that with a guy playing in the twos. So to my way of thinking... Uh, we're going to see a lot of Matty Crouch. And as you rightly pointed out, Macca said on the weekend, um, the real guy that needs to be moved out of there is Rory Sloan. R- Sloaney is the more versatile of the two. Matty's either a, you know, in around the ball midfielder or he's nowhere. You get the feeling that Sloan can play off half forward, but then you're looking at, you know, what does that mean for a guy like Braden Cook or Lucky Gallant? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a real juggling I mean, act is, at the uh, moment. It is, you know, and you know, I mean, you've got to have some experience in that side because <clears throat> what you don't want is a, you know, a Carlton Melbourne type rebuild where you just get rid of everybody and, you know, you end up winning, you know, one or two games a year. Mm. You know, I, you want to be in that situation where you're still, you know, you're still building um, a good culture down there. You're still, you know, you're winning some, a reasonable amount of games. Mm. You're not getting blown off the park every week because then, you know, nobody gets anything out of that. So it's you know I can see what they're trying to do. It, this is more of a you know a fairly you know patient um, and transitional kind of approach to rebuilding rather than just you know um, letting a whole lot of you know kids out there to get belted every week. Yeah. So they want some leadership on the field and some experience on the field, which I, I think is okay. But you're right; they've got to balance that with getting those. Getting those guys um, game time, those kids that are pushing through. Yeah. Interesting times ahead. Now, Peter, we also, uh, because we missed last week, we probably need to spend a little bit of time talking about the under-19s game. SA versus WA that occurred a couple of uh, weekends ago. Uh, It was a disappointing result for South Australia Um, and not a huge showcase for uh, the talents of the mainstays. how did you see that game? Yeah, look, it was a it was a, di- a disappointing team result, no doubt about it, and it's probably a good lead in. Scoot just on a chat just to ask a little bit about um, pick four um, mm. for us, which is probably be pick six actually. But yeah, look, anyway, the game itself, yeah, disappointing result um, to those close sort of watchers, probably not a surprise. Um, they were always a bigger side than, than what we were, and we've got some. Really good um, top end talent, but it drops away, you know, fairly significantly mm. um, after maybe seven or eight players. Um, there were some decent performances, and there were also some very, very strange um, coaching rotations as well. And um, I thought I thought it was very, very strange in the first half that you know we ended up at one stage in the second quarter, early in the second quarter, we went sort of five goals down. Um, and then Matty Roberts just went to work and he, he had a massive second quarter. Yeah. He really did. And he got us back. Um, and um, I think he had about was it eight or nine disposals, kicked a goal, did a whole lot of stuff and got us back to the to only a three-goal margin at halftime and had us looking pretty competitive, I yeah. thought. You know, and then third quarter, he's rotated out of there. And, um, you know, he plays the, pretty much the second half up forward um, to give – you know, I guess really just to give other guys, other kids a showcase sort of opportunity through the midfield. So same thing happened with Horn. They moved him out of the midfield. Horn spent um, a lot of time up forward, which I thought was very unusual. Yeah. I just I, di- I just didn't feel like... Um, I didn't think that South Australia were ever going to win that game, but I didn't feel like we were coaching to stay competitive. Um, I thought that we, were, we seemed to be coaching for some other reasons. Barty mm. Magic, uh, Wanganee Malira was absolutely, he was brilliant. Um, he, some of his um, his movement in traffic um, was incredibly smooth. So he's certainly one to watch out for. He'll be um, on the rise. Um, and Lewis Rayson, I thought, had a really good oh, game. I was just about to say, Rayson got into the game really well, I thought. Yeah. Um, I saw, I posted some stats on the chat um, here and... Um, 
um, you know, in terms of, look, you know, we don't always look at stats, do we? But in terms of statistical rankings, Roberts was the highest ranking player on the ground. Mm. Um, and um, of, his, of his 24 possessions, Lewis Racing hit 21 targets. It's not, it's not bad yeah. going, is it? Yeah. Well, considering so, there has been a knock on his disposal. Yeah, so he, you know, so I thought I thought he was he was really promising. Zach Becker in defence, I thought had a really good game, and yep. it was really interesting to see today that there were um, 30, 30 new names added to the combine yep. um, invite, and Zach Becker um, and Isaiah Dudley were on that invite. So that those thirty players, that was purely um, basically that was club initiated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Scoot, absolutely not um, pick four on Matty Roberts. He's just not going to go up to that to that level he's probably now shaping as a sort of a i reckon you know anywhere between 10 and 20 for matt um, yeah. depending on, on on club's need um i i honestly um feel i've just got a funny feeling that that pick four might still be valuable in a trade to to trade down yeah. a bit um i think neil erasmus is i, I think that he's shaping as the real key there because he Erasmus is not a player that looks like he would be going in the top in the top sort of four or five players mm. bear in mind that we'll have six yeah. um I, I I really don't think he'll go that low but if he's still there um at six that's I reckon probably where he where he sits at the moment maybe sort of a six seven and eight yeah if we if we show if we if we were to indicate that we had some interest in Erasmus, I reckon you'd have a really good chance of doing some business with um, Fremantle or West Coast, probably Fremantle. Mm. Um, um, so that that's that's where I see our pick pick six going. I think, assuming we still have it, that's assuming it doesn't go on a trade. I, I um, my I I have. Uh, I have a suspicion. A suspicion they'll throw down pick four for um, Zach Dawson. Uh, and why wouldn't you? Because I think Zach Dawson offers more than any lad in the top half a dozen in in the draft this year, apart from Jason. Yep. And uh, I think you would be silly not to take a view that Dawson would easily fit in that top five this year. And therefore, what's the what's the problem in uh, spending pick four for him? Yeah, look, you know, it's it's hard to argue that you'd you'd probably oh, sorry, Jordan um, Dawson, not Dak. Jordan Dawson, yeah, you'd probably ask for something in return, um, you know, maybe the second round or something like that back. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely see the rationale, and the issue, of course, is that this draft is so even. Mm-hmm. Really, really even. Um, once you get past the first, the first few, so uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I think that I think that because this draft is so even, I think there's going to be a lot of business around. You know, from sort of pick five or six onwards. I think from Gold Coast back, I think it's going to be a bit of business done with those uh, with those picks. Yeah, just sorry, a lot of a bit of chat between you know the the, the Draper Roberts um, thing. It's really, really difficult. And now that you've you've seen them play, Fee, what I'm trying to say is incredibly different players, and you need to be totally looking different. at what what you want, what your what your club needs. Mm. You know, I mean, <clears throat> Matt Roberts is you know 
I'm comfortable in saying he's rid of the ugly duckling of you know of the of the whole draft in many ways. He's mm. not an attractive looking player. He doesn't, but he just gets the job done. And he's he'll play two hundred games. He'll play two hundred games to someone. He's a very smart yeah. player, and he's not just smart in terms of. And one of the things that you could really pick up in the state game he wasn't just smart in the way that you know how he uses the ball and things like that. It's where he positions himself and how mm. he positions himself. He's a very, very clever player. So he'll play 200 for someone. Um, but is he that, you know, is he, is he that crazy, you know, X factor, you know, blunt, you know. I mean, I'd like to be more to a McRae kind of type, I suppose. And, mm. you, know, we, you know, we've always sort of said that, you know, he doesn't belong in that family of, you know, Dusty Martin and, but, you know, those kind of, you know, match changes. So he's a death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, um, oh, I, I, I think I think he's a little bit more than that, Pete. Well, I think his his yeah his ability to dispose of the ball. He's um he's a pretty smooth mover, um, and uh, he can get his own pill. Uh, yeah, I I think he's a little bit more than your Tom Mitchell type who'll just accumulate. I, I think yep. he'll give you a little bit. He's a little bit more dynamic than that. Um, I think the question from the Crows' point of view, if they're assessing Matt Roberts, is whether he represents more of the same. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point. And, uh, you know, quality aside, you're talking about, say, a, um, a Luke Pedler, for example, who probably similar-ish. Um, you know, you've got uh, we've got grunt players in there, Laird and Keys. Um, you know, is is Maddie the type, or are we thinking by the time Maddie develops, he'll be ready to take over that mantle a little bit? I don't know. I don't know. I can see, I can see a rationale both ways uh, for picking Matt. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel like um, there's a couple of opportunities. Like, I know that North Melbourne would be very loath to give away pick one. But would would you do this? Would you do this, Peter? And this is a PlayStation trade. But would you do this for Jones and Smith for one? Ooh, I don't think I'd do. I think I'd do. Oh, jeepers, that's a it's a good it's a big call, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I do both. I don't think I'd do both those players. I do probably Smith thirty. Smith's yeah. 30, had an ACL. Jones is young, yeah. emerging, very much what North Melbourne need. Yeah, probably four in Jones, I reckon. I don't reckon that gets it done. You don't think? I don't think so. Uh, I think you've got to make... To, to get North to get rid of one, you've got to give them enough for too good to refuse uh, an ex-All-Australian, yeah, an emerging running uh, half-back that hits the ball hard and runs in straight lines and can dispose yeah. of the ball, um, plus pick four in the knowledge that there's still going to be lots of good midfield talent around at that at that pick. Um, yeah. That's oh, what they, I'd And be... they actually have, a, they have some really good young mids now, um, North Melbourne. They have some of the best young mids in the comp. Yeah. Just so... Uh, Phillips play. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you've got you're offering them two running half backs, basically. Yeah, for, a, for Which two running half backs for a three for a three point drop on the uh, on the draft table. 
I, I know we should. I know Jones is going well, Surf Soz, but you've got to give something to get something. And yeah, if we feel if we feel strongly enough about Jason Horn um, Francis, then uh, I think we need to offer them something that they can't refuse. And given our profile at the moment. Um, and the fact that we're going to be a little bit squeezed for space on our list, dropping two players in a trade isn't isn't a terrible thing. Mm. What about that, 1990s uh, suggestion about Riley O'Brien with Goldstein getting older? Yep. 100%. Wouldn't even blink. Yeah. But again, I think it would take a second player. Yeah. But I'd happily throw in O'Brien and... Uh, Jones I don't think O'Brien and Smith would get it done but I reckon uh, O'Brien and Jones might Be cool but yeah you're absolutely spot on you've got to you can't just turn up and say you know um, here's some uh, here's some uh, bits and pieces you know two Commodores for a Ferrari it's not going to work Mm. so and also that because that that you know this was the whole thing about um, which is the point that you made a couple of weeks ago, Fane, about losing pick two. Is that that yeah. pick four which is actually going to be pick six? Um, you lose that um, that that dynamic position of saying, well, you know, we'll take Horn, but you can still take Callahan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it it's done so much damage to us. Um, mm. You know, the the coaching panel and the list list uh, the. Um, Match committee would have been happy with that final win and happy with the win against Hawthorne, but JR and his troops in the list management committee would have been punching the walls, I reckon. <laughs> um, Bobby Brady talking about Fisher Mackesy. Now, there's, not, there's one. There's yep. one that they, yeah, there's a play that North need. Yep, but the problem with Fish is he's shown nothing. So, in the open market, would you even get a second round pick for Fisher Maxey? Mm, I don't think you would. I, I don't think you would. Least. I think you get a third. Mm. So when you're talking about dealing with him, he he's not quite steak knives, but he's certainly cream on. Like he would be the player that you chuck in to get something over the line. You know what I mean? Like if, if there's a bit of a star, mate. All right, we'll chuck him Fisher Maxey as well. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think. I don't think he's enticing. I think, I think Chase Jones is would be really enticing for a lot of teams that lack a little bit of pace um, uh, and ability to cover small forwards down back. The, the, yep. And there's half a dozen teams in that boat. St Kilda would be in that boat. Not that they've really got anything that we want, um, but I think North are also in that boat, um, and that's why I'd chuck him on the table. That's a fair call, because I think that. You know, once you get past, really, once you get past, you know, the two, I mean, it's, you know, Dacos and Darcy and Horn um, and Callahan, that's you yeah. know, those four players. Yeah. Um, then you really, you know, once you get to, to Gold Coast pick five and us at pick six, it's, you could just throw a blanket over it, to be honest, and it'll boil down to need. Yeah. Yeah. Is what it will boil down to. Yeah, I think it's that sort of draft, Peter. That usually it's you know take the best available talent, but I think you do have to have an eye on your list profile with this draft. And I think that 
I mean, you know, we, we could get a um, skirt. I reckon um, Naziah will be going. I honestly think he'll push inside the top 20, to be honest, Naziah Wangan in Miller. Um, so I think that a couple of picks, I mean, if we if, if we don't get that trade done with North, then it, and if we do trade back and get a couple of picks, then, you know, you're looking at a, a couple of midfielders, you'd be looking probably at either Draper, maybe, because I think you're, you're probably right on Roberts, probably isn't quite the need. And, mm. um, and you know, Wanganin Miller might be, you know, that kind of wing, half-back kind of running player, might be, no, might, you know, that uses the ball really well. Why wouldn't you try him as a as a uh, as a small forward, Pete? I know he hasn't played a lot there, but he Wait just seems to, yeah, he just seems to have some yeah. tricks. Oh, it's, it's just like I mean, it, you know, everyone he gets the ball and everyone just suddenly stops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bizarre. yeah, yeah. It just seems it strikes me as an elusive type, and I just sort of think, I wonder why he's never played up forward. Rarely played yeah. up forward. Um, so a bit of talk so the other, on Sunday. So the other oh, sorry, go on. Oh, sorry. No, no, you, no go, you go. You go. No, you go because you're going to round this off. Okay. We'll quickly get. I was quickly going to say there's also the you know I mean don't forget also there's a talk about rank, uh, um, Rankin and Lacocious. Exactly yeah, what I was going to say. Kind of <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. It's sorry. good because we had a bit I've of a chat about that on time. Sunday, and um, yeah, I look. Personally, I don't think we've got a need for Lukosius for the price, for the price. I mean, it'd, it'd be a very nice player to have on your list under the right circumstances. Yep. Um, yep. But unfortunately, I think that the ship sailed there and for the type of player he is, I, d- I don't think for the currency that they would want, it's just hmm. not a it's not a value proposition. Rankin is yep. such, a, such an interesting situation because on form, he's, he's very smelly. On form, yep. But we all know what he can do. Uh, it's, a, but I don't think anyone really knows what's going on in his head. So, you know, do you do you pay decent currency for a player that is a little bit um, fickle, um, or do you back yourself in to get the most out of him? I, I don't know, Peter. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I've called on. You know, I was I, I was high on Luco in his draft year. You'll remember yeah. that. Yeah, I've called on him a little bit just because of the role that he's playing. Yeah, I mean, he came tenth in their best and fairest. Yeah, yeah, yeah in a weak um, side. So, in a weak side, and you, you know, really, I mean, he's not he's not playing as a key position player. He's just playing as a sort of a floating sort of a, you know, I mean, look, you know, if, if he wanted to come home and it was a reasonable trade price, then they'll clearly they'll trade him in. Yeah. But I just think that there's a much better value to be had on, on Isaac Rankin because I think that you can get him um, for a far cheaper price because, you know, well, he, you know, he hasn't played much, is he, really? No, not really. Now, Scoot, I was giving yeah. our, our senior statesman a serve and he's talking about Macca. Because Macca would Macca was saying that if you play well enough, you'll get selected, and that's talking about the the midfield conundrum. And yeah. I challenged him and said, "Well, yeah. I don't think that's necessarily true. It's not right. No, I don't think it is. It's, it's not right. You don't, I don't want to. You know, you don't. You, you cannot be in that situation where you've got a kid that's just you know plod, plodding away year after year in the sandfall, just hoping yeah. that a senior player is going to fall over." 
And I guarantee you, if Riley Thilthorpe hadn't been picked up at number two, if he'd have picked, been picked up in the 20s, then he would have spent the whole season in the SANFL last season. He wouldn't have got a sniff. They were compelled to play him because of his draft uh, position. And uh, he repaid them. You've got to get games yeah. into them in the position that they're picked for. No point getting 50 games into Sam Berry in a forward pocket. Mm. Learnt nothing. Yeah, you've got to get game time into these kids. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, no, I I don't think Luco. I think Rankin at the right price only. Uh, we've got a bit of a list squeeze. Um, you know, we've got uh, a few lads left unsigned. Davis, Ryan O'Connor, um, Borlase, Tarek Newchurch... Uh, um, who else is there? There's someone else, isn't there? Um, no, I can't think. Who else? Jake Kelly. Oh, He's Jake Kelly. That's the one. Yeah. 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 So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But yeah, that, look, there's a bit of a squeeze on for list spots. Um, Paddy Parnell, will, I'm sure that they'll give Paddy a, um, a year. Um, I think that he... I mean, from what I saw, he certainly showed enough, and I don't think that they would take him in the mid-year draft just to just to flick him at the end of the year. No, I don't think so. When he really showed, and he actually he showed it in the last game, he showed a bit as a small forward too. Yeah, he's a very talented footballer, Paddy Parnell. Yeah, I, I think the biggest interest for for Paddy is uh, whether he can manage to grow any facial hair over the next twelve months. <laughs> because he looks so young, doesn't he? He looks so yes. young. It's unbelievable, but you're right. He's got some skills. He's a good little player, yes. and I can understand why they picked him up. Yep, I think they'll keep him. So yeah, it's it, it, it's a bit tied on for list space. I think that they um they'll they've got to take three in the draft, don't they? Yep. And you know, it, I, I guess that they'll have a few irons in the fire in terms of trade players to trade in. Whether they get one or two, you probably knowing our record, you'd probably be fortunate to get one. Mm. Um, that's what usually happens. So even if they could trade, if they could trade Dawson in, if they could, you know, three three picks at the draft, I think you know, you'd be starting to think to get pretty tight. Yep. Yep. Um, no other crows news that I can really think of uh, around the traps. Still no movement on the uh, on the gasworks site. I've been. Watching with interest there, but that's been that's gone a bit quiet. I think that's going through an unofficial tender process at the moment. Um, mm. But uh, that's about it. A, a few little whispers about Nathan Van Burlow. Have you heard anything about that, Pete? At all? No, haven't heard anything at all. No, I just one or two things about um, about Nathan maybe being moved on. Oh, no, really? Yep. Just a little whisper. Um, so I don't know about that, whether he goes back to Perth or whether he might uh, join a, uh, a cohort at another club. I'm not sure. Um, no word yet on Inquisitor the... Just a, sorry? sorry, I was just saying Inquisitor, Inquisitor on the chat just asking about whether all um, we've got all our players off the books now in terms of non-AFC players. Yes, all, all cleared away, and that's why they've got plenty of money to splash around. At the moment, which I understand that they are doing for Dawson, I think they're well, offering him a lot of money. What's the uh, what's the situation with Stengel? I know that uh, I know that he's been paid out, but 
is he still on our list or does he get cleared this year? No, I think he's, I'm pretty sure he's off the list. I'm pretty sure he was he nominated for the mid-season draft. That's right, you're right too. He was, he was available to be, to be picked up. Yeah, that's right. Correct. All right. Uh, oh, Vani Magic saying uh, Stengel twenty two. I assume that that might be a little bit of money left over in the uh, in his situation, Vardy, in twenty two. Um, I thought I thought there was something. I thought there was something about Stengel, and it, and I think it's the dollars now that he says that. Anyway, how much how much would you pay for Dawson? I I, I wouldn't. You know, give him four years at seven or eight hundred k a year. Just pay it. You know what I mean? Just be serious. So we, I talked about this a few weeks ago, Fiend. If you're going to go and chase a player like that, who's third in their best and fairest, he's considered to be one of the really elite players in the competition at the moment, just pay the money. Get him over. Well, if it, if it takes my PlayStation draft, uh, trade to get him, you've got a fair bit of cap space freed up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, if you're serious enough to do that, then you need to be serious enough to pay the kid. I think Adelaide's, uh, and we've talked about this in previous uh, years, Pete, I think Adelaide's pay strategy is wrong. I think this flat structure that we've had uh, totally ignores the fact that we need to be able to attract good interstate talent and the only way you do that is with a structure that that recognises that players coming from interstate are in some way, whether we like it or not, making a sacrifice to play here. Whereas uh, whereas the second and third tier players on our list, many of whom are South Australian, uh, are not. And I think if those players want to be in a winning club, they need to be uh, prepared uh, for the fact that kids like Zach Dawson... Uh, Zach Dawson, oh my God. What's going on? Uh, Dawson. Kids like Jordan Dawson uh, are going to have to be paid a premium. I'd, I'd happily pay... Dawson seven fifty a year over four happily. Yeah, easy. I'd pay him eight hundred to be honest. Yeah, I'd I'd probably go to eight without yep. even thinking about it. Yep, I think you just pay what you need to pay to get the player you want. And I've said this over and over. It's the same in a trade or a draft situation. You recognize you you identify the players that you want, and then you do what you have to do to get them. This yep. this thing of attaching value to a number on a draft board is is flawed um mm. you know and i think it's the same in a trade if you want a player if you pinpoint that's the player that we need to top off our midfield or bolster our defense or kick us some goals it doesn't matter what it costs because it's the outcome you've got to be focused on not the cost it's the outcome and yeah. we're a results oriented business so you know that's all that matters and, and there's there's a reputational component to it too, Fiend. Yeah. You know, you want to be seen as a club that's fair income, that's a big club, that, that does the business, that gets that pays the money, that gets the players, that does the exactly. business and just gets it done. Yep. And at the moment, we don't have that reputation. No, because of this stupid flat pay structure and honouring seniority with massive long contracts like we gave Sloaney. Yeah. Yep. And I now, think that we've signalled the end of that now with Matt. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Um, now, uh, the last thing I want to talk about, just real quick, have you got any word at all on Burgess? Obviously, that's gone a bit quiet because um, Melbourne have uh, progressed. Um, do you think that's still on? 
Well, I mean, I, I only know what you know, you've seen and read. And I mean, I, the last time I saw anything about it was Caroline Wilson saying that it was done. Mm. It was, you know, and she's, she's pretty good. She went she pretty hard with Neil Baum, though, too, didn't she? Uh, yeah, scary, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so you just got to keep, I think you just got to keep our fingers crossed there, mate, and hope that, uh, you know, I'm happy for Melbourne to still be in it at the moment because I think they're the only team that could knock off Port. Yeah, but I'd yeah. like to see him out ASAP so that we can get that settled because he'll be yeah. with them till the end. And that, and yeah, that's fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, any comment on the bomb fiasco? Uh, just, you know, I, I mean, you know, you and both you and Buddy Magic know that I completely lost my shit and melted down about it. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I was just so annoyed. I was so annoyed, and I was just a little bit annoyed. I just did. I just felt that we could have managed it. I mean, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying that in terms of the appointment itself that we could have done any more or less than what we did. But I just feel like when there was, you know, people in the media are out there just saying this is a done deal. I, I thought that there was probably an opportunity for the club to get on the front foot and just say, look, you know, and just to confirm, you know, we're still going through a process, blah, 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 blah. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. just manage the expectation, that's all. Yeah. I'm not having a crack at the club in terms of, look, you know, you, you go after these people and that's great. You know, yeah. they had a go, they didn't, yeah. they didn't get it done. Okay. But manage the expectation. Don't leave it for three, four days, however long it was, with yeah. it being out there that it was a done deal. That just annoyed me. Yeah. Yeah, so it was probably the Monday performance of Tim Silvers that was the one um, because uh, Twitter uh, revealed that Barn wasn't coming about two hours after Tim appeared on 5AA and didn't really do anything to hose it down. Kind of left with, left you with the impression that maybe the club was a little bit blindsided as well, mm. uh, that maybe Richmond had come up with a... Uh, an, Increase their offer or something. Yeah, but I'm I, sure I that's probably what happened. But I, here's here's the thing. Here's my opinion. If Neil Barn was serious about it, uh, at his age, um, an extra hundred grand probably wouldn't have made a difference. Because my understanding was that the reason he was thinking about coming home was for family reasons. It was his wife that wanted to come back to Adelaide because obviously her family are over here. So. If that wasn't the case, as as it appears to be, because otherwise why would he stay, then, you know, really what chance were we ever of getting Neil Barn? Why would he what leave? Was going on with, what was going on with Adam Kelly at the, at the, at the club champion night as well? What was that all about? Uh, I don't know. I, is he a little bit on the outer, Adam Kelly, do you think? Because there was, you know, there was, was all this stuff broke about Neil Baum, yeah. and then there seemed to be people seemed to be going out of their way on the Saturday night to yeah. you know, talk up Alan Kelly and say that yeah. he was, you know, he was the man and blah 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 blah. And so, yeah. well, well Nick's made a Nick's made a point of that in at at the dinner. Maybe, maybe the club were just simply playing the tone deaf straight bat on the whole Baum thing. And didn't really give a shit what was out there. Maybe, maybe mm. they didn't care, and maybe mm. internally uh, it was news to them as well. I mean, that obviously someone has obviously spoken to Neil. 
Um, but I guess we don't really know how serious those discussions were, whether it got to money, whether it got down to a choice. I mean, Barmy's uh, tweet on on that Monday night was pretty definitive. You know, my heart's at Richmond or whatever the hell, and you know, um, it did. It made it sound like it was never a possibility that he was going to leave Richmond. So, and I'll tell you what, Paul. Sorry, go on. No, you go. I was just going to say, poor Sammy Edmund. He's he's uh, he needs to take up another career pass because uh, he's made some very bad bets lately, hasn't he? Mm, he has. Anyway, hey, let me put the, let me put this to you just quickly as yeah. we close. Um, do we? Is it? Po- I mean, is it possible that they're speaking to Barnes and and nobody's actually told Kelly, or nobody's spoken to, and then you know. And then, and then Barm sees, I don't know. Is is there? Could there have been wires crossed in communication? Could there be? Could it be that they were talking secretly to Barm, but then you know it blew out and they lost control of the narrative, and suddenly you know Kelly finds out, and all this. I mean, I don't know. Is that is that possible? I think it's possible if someone went a bit rogue, like if mm. someone has a connection with Barm or. Uh, if someone took it upon themselves to feel him out without any sort of club endorsement or any sort of, you know, um, plan in in place or in mind, maybe someone's just been a bit opportunistic and and rang Neil one night and said, hey, uh, what are you doing next year? Mm. You know what I mean? That's a possibility, Pete. Um, And who, who would be most likely to do that? Who's gone out in the past and uh, uh, sourced external candidates for positions? And uh, who's done that before? The big man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The big man in town. That's right. Yeah, I'll just ring up my old mate, Barmy. Anyway, didn't happen. Uh, Just before we leave, uh, what do you reckon, Uh, Carlton, Rossi Lyon? Threw the uh, threw the baby out with the bathwater, didn't he? I'm not going through that a process. Crazy. He's a funny man, old Ross Lyon, isn't he? Oh, isn't he? Yeah. Any chance Clarkson still, or do you reckon he's on ice for Gold Coast? No, on ice for the Gold Coast. That's yeah. that's me. I'm yeah. going to stick with that. I'm, I'm, I am wavering. <laughs> I, feel like I, I, went, <laughs> I went I went hard on that, and I think I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I mean, Gold Coast uh, were pretty firm today or yesterday that Stewie Jew was there for next year um, and then out. (laughs) So, uh, but, you know, maybe they can convince Stewie to come down and coach Colton early and Clarko can go up there. I don't don't know. Yeah. Uh, Has anyone picked up um, Peague yet? No, I don't think so. I think think Rossi's got a very, very high opinion. Yes. Of himself, but a little bit higher than maybe what other people have got, I think. Yes, 100%. Uh, and interesting, maybe, interesting that the... Uh, sorry, go on. Maybe coaching two losing grand finals isn't as uh, attractive as what he thinks it is. Yes, no, that's right. And uh, stabbing a few people in the back along the way. And I noticed that the, uh, the president of Carlton uh, stepped down not long after that all went down mm. to so and i think he was the one that was talking to rossi in the first place anyway 
Carlton's a basket yeah. case. There'll always be a basket case. Who'd want to coach that bloody team? Their list is an absolute disaster. If I was a, a coach in waiting, I'd be saying, no, let someone else clean up that mess and I'll come in over the top in a few years' time when it's looking half decent. Exactly. Peter, I reckon that's Bye-bye. all I've got. Uh, thanks to everyone who's joined us on... Yeah, I think we got there. Thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord. Sorry we didn't uh, get anyone on tonight. I think there was one or two hands up at various stages, but uh, we got through uh, a fair amount of stuff. Also, thanks to everyone who's joined us on YouTube. Don't forget, if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast. All your support is appreciated. Nikki Macker and myself will be back on Sunday night to review the two preliminary finals. And uh, Peter, do you want to come back next week and have another Tuesday Night Live? I think we'll, we'll go another one. Let's go, go another on. one. All right, we'll go another one. Until All then, right. until Sunday, thanks, everyone. Stay safe, and we will see you on Sunday. Cheers, mate. Cheers, everyone. 